This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So Warren Buffett and value investing in general, we're all taking a beating here in 2020. It wasn't fun before the COVID recovery rally. That was in 2019 when we were struggling and then we hit new highs in the stock market to start 2020 and value was kind of being left in the in the dust as we all know. And now we had the rally again and it's even more so in the in the dust. So Buffett is normally like the stand-in for all of us value investors, right? In these bull markets, he takes the hits for all of us and he's definitely taking the hit this year, uh, mainly over his exit of the airline stocks immediately after he knew the earnings and the business model wouldn't recover for years. As soon as everything in the economy started shutting down, he just ordered his lieutenants and everyone at Berkshire to sell all of the airline stocks, even at a loss. But now here we are in July, several months later, and the airlines are basically confirming that business is not going to come back as quickly as everybody thought. It's not really gonna be a V for the airlines. And the United Airlines CEO just said on their earnings that he expects United's revenue to still be down 50% up until there's some kind of vaccine. So it's not surprising now why Warren Buffett, who looks at fundamentals on the business, he doesn't just look at the charts. In fact, he probably almost never looks at the chart. He looked at the fundamentals, what was gonna happen with revenue and earnings for all of the airlines and just decided, I don't wanna be in that and that struggle, I'm just getting out here, redeploying the money or keeping it in cash for future use. So he took got beat up on that. And then you have people like Dave Portnoy, who by the way, isn't even a millennial. You might have heard of him and because he's being talked about a lot, or maybe you follow him. I follow him on Twitter, but he's the founder of Barstool Sports. And because sports are basically stopped now, other than the PGA and baseball starting to get started again here, then he started day trading stocks, basically. And um, his trading profile really took off when he took on Warren Buffett, I guess you could say, made comments about him and said that Buffett was, quote, past his prime, quote. Again, remember Warren Buffett is almost 90 now. Is he 90? He's like 89, 90 years old. And he said he sold the airline stocks too early. Um, but again, that he did take a loss. Berkshire did take a loss. So um, that is an argument that could be made. But Buffett's been attacked by various other people all year long for having too much cash, for owning the old economy stocks. I've talked about how he owns the banks and that's really driving down Berkshire Hathaway's uh, returns here. He owns Coca-Cola with a big position there. And, um, you know, all of this, he's just been beating, been beaten up on. And that is true because there's no other prominent value investor that you can really go out there um, quite as prominent as Buffett is and attack so consistently. And no doubt his big bank positions, both Bank of America and Wells Fargo are hurting him this year. He also remember bought into JP Morgan and PNC Financial in the last, I wanna say two years maybe it's been, he's been adding to those positions and all of the financials are more than 50% of the portfolio now. 
So while Buffett and Berkshire get slammed for their banks, what is little known and what is the point of this podcast is that Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway actually own some of the hottest stocks on Wall Street. Yes, like you can complain all you want about these other positions that he has, but he he actually is in um, a handful of the hottest stocks. So the old value investor and his lieutenants have gotten something right in the last few years. So on this podcast, I'm going to cover Berkshire Hathaway's hottest stock investments, not the mistakes or the things that are going wrong. And I know a lot of value investors like to watch all the moves of, of Buffett. Some of you buy what's in Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. I've done podcasts on why you shouldn't do that in the past. And this year's returns are another reminder of why you shouldn't, because he is overly weighted in financials and no one else should be. Um, But if you were following along and you got into some of these positions that I'm about to talk about, you're doing pretty well. Now, remember, some of these are longer term holdings by Berkshire. I'm going to go into when when Berkshire bought each of these positions. But a couple of them were in the last few years. So if you were paying attention, you had the opportunity to kind of follow him in on these trades. And they were cheaper at the time he was buying in on them, obviously. But timing is everything, it turns out. And Berkshire had some good timing on some of these. But none of them are, you know, classic value stocks right now. We would need a considerable pullback to get that. And I'm going to go into valuations on some of these as we go along. So what is the best performing stock out of these hot stocks in Berkshire Hathaway's portfolio. And it might surprise you if you aren't familiar with what's in the portfolio, but it is RH, Restoration Hardware, but it's now goes by just RH, ticker RH. It is the furniture company, the upscale luxury furniture company. They bought it in, um, when did they buy that? Third quarter of 2019. So it hasn't even been in the portfolio for a year yet. This was kind of a surprising buy uh, last year at the end of the year when it was revealed that they had bought into some RH shares. And Berkshire now owns 8.85% of the company. I expect that they're basically going to stay around that level. They're not going to add much more to this position. They don't want to be a 10% position because then you're under different regulatory requirements and you have to file uh, when you buy or sell like with, you know, within 48 hours and all this other stuff. So they're not going to want to be a 10% shareholder, I don't believe, in RH. So this is the position, but it's still a small one, even though they own that much of the company. The market value, current market value is 171 million, and it's just 0.1 of the entire portfolio. That's very small. Not even 1% of Berkshire's portfolio is RH. It's just 0.1. So this one is up. I'm going to do two-year returns on all of these. They haven't owned it for two years, but the two-year return on RH is 109% right now. And even if you go off of what they, the estimated price they paid, which was $183, it's still up about 65% since they got in. Not too shabby for the old value investor trades. Uh, PE currently is 24.6. I think it was about like, I wanna say 13, 14 times when they bought in um, last year. 
Peg is at 2.7. In full disclosure, I do own RH. I have owned it for, I want to say, four to five years. I can't remember exactly how long. So I've owned it longer than Berkshire. But I was surprised as well when they dove in on this one, as I'm a big fan of Gary Friedman, the CEO over there, and RH in general. But they own one of the hottest furniture and retail stocks out there right now. It is hitting new highs. So we'll see what happens with that one after its next earning report. Okay, then moving on, one of its other biggest positions, and it is now 36.5% of the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio. Wow, 36.5% is Apple, AAPL. This has to be one of its best buys, maybe in the last 20 or 30 years in this portfolio. They bought it in first quarter of 2016. Remember the shares were trading at like 10 times, 11 times at that time. Um, Everybody was not totally surprised that uh, Buffett got in because, but he has not been a big fan of the technology companies. So uh, this was a big stake that he bought. He loves it. He loves the cash flow, dividends, share buybacks, the whole nine yards. Apple is now trading at 31 times, so much more expensive than when they got in. Peg is 2.9, and these shares over the last two years, um, because that's all I'm looking at, are up 102%. So their biggest position is doing quite well um, for them. But remember, the financials, including banks and uh, various other financials, insurers and, and whatnot, are more than 55% of the portfolio now. So um, that's kind of outweighing maybe some of the goodness of Apple here. And then switching over to one of those financials because there are hot financials. It's not all just about the banks, right? Berkshire Hathaway has owned two of the hottest financials for years and doesn't get much uh, notice by the media or anyone else, but If you had followed Berkshire into these, you would be rocking and rolling. So the first one is Visa, ticker V. They bought in the third quarter of 2011, so quite a long time ago. The two-year return on this one is just 39.6%, but the S&P 500 during that two-year time period is up 16%. So it's well outperforming the S&P 500. Um, but compared to a few of these others, doesn't sound quite as hot, right? 39%. Oh, darn, just 39. I'm not getting my 100% on this one. But Visa has been on a tear the entire time period that Berkshire's owned it. But their position just isn't that big in it. And it's only 1% of the overall portfolio right now. So even as well as it's doing, it's not really moving the needle all that much but versus some of those other big holdings like Bank of America and whatnot. What's the valuation look like now? It's 39 times. So Visa's not a cheap one, peg of 3.1. And then switching over to MasterCard. Yes, they do own the competitor to Visa. MasterCard ticker MA. And this one they also bought in 2011, a little bit before. They bought in first quarter 2011. And this is just 0.7% of the portfolio. So again, not even the 1%, like Visa, very small position. But these shares up 50%, 50.4% over the last two years, really great returns by MasterCard. It's more expensive, trading at 47 times with a peg of 2.7. But both of these holdings have just been powerhouses for Berkshire Hathaway or anyone else who managed to get into them 
um, any time in the last nine years from when Berkshire got in. Okay, then switching back over to retail side, they do own another hot retailer, which is hitting new highs, much like RH is, and that is Costco, ticker C-O-S-T. They actually bought this one in the first quarter of 2001. So almost 20 years. How long have you held your stocks? Have you held any for 19 years? Costco's paying off with a two-year return of 49.7% now over the last two years. Again, the S&P 500 up just 16% during that time period. Now, I'm assuming when he bought in 2001, Costco was pretty darn cheap. Not so much anymore. 38 times uh, forward earnings here with a peg of 4.6. But as we know, Buffett gets in and as long as the company is performing and nothing much is changing, he does not get out. (laughs) Um, The best time to sell is never, right? Isn't that the saying? Um, But in this case, they don't have the problems of the airlines right now and they are an essential business. They've stayed open and they are hitting new highs. So Costco, COST, another one of Berkshire Hathaway's hottest stocks. And then I am adding a six stock on because I had to, because a lot of people don't realize that Berkshire actually owns this stock. It was big news last year when they bought it in the first quarter of 2019. They have not yet that we know of added to their position in this company. Warren Buffett got a lot of questions when this was added to the portfolio because it wasn't exactly cheap on a PE, price to sales, price to book ratio uh, method back when they bought it. And it is another FANG name. It is Amazon, ticker AMZN. For years, Buffett lamented that he had never bought Amazon and wasn't in the stock because he loves the company, loves what Jeff Bezos is doing with it. But it just got, it was just not a value until one of his lieutenants decided to buy it. And he does give them free reign. So one did buy a billion dollar position. Now it's currently just 0.6% of the portfolio because a billion dollar position really just isn't very large in Berkshire's total portfolio anymore. So it's just 06 But over the last two years, the shares are up 76.3%. They bought in the first quarter of 2019, so they're not quite in it yet for two years. It's only been a year and a half for them. And we'll see if they bought in any further. They have sold off a little bit of the shares um, this year even, but not like a big position. So we'll see what happens with this one. The various websites show an average price of uh, Berkshire getting in here of around like 1790. And so now they're trading over 3000. So you can see that they've had a nice run here. But what does the valuations look like? PE is 155, PEG is 5.8. But even if they got in with uh, the PE when it was down to in the 70s, It still was never, again, a classic value stock. So that's why Buffett got a lot of questions in the um, immediate aftermath of the purchase of these shares and assured that they were not abandoning their value proposition. But um, they haven't really added anything to this position. So that might speak some volumes. But they now own two out of the five FANG names in the portfolio, which is often overlooked. So just a recap, 
I'm going to recap these stocks again. Um, these are the hottest stocks in Berkshire. There's a couple other like smaller ones that I was kind of eyeing some of them on the financial side. They don't own PayPal, but they do own some of the other like online lending uh, international ones. But some of those haven't done quite as well as what PayPal is doing or what MasterCard or Visa are doing. So I left them off this list. But um, still some interesting names here and let's recap them again. So he's in RH, that's the best performing one over the last two years. RH is just ticker RH. Apple is AAPL, Visa is V, MasterCard is MA, Costco is COST, Amazon AMZN, and I own RH as I mentioned, and I also own Amazon AMZN. And I've been waiting for some pullbacks on some of these other ones, but so far it's not really happening. We got the mini pullback in the coronavirus sell-off, but it quickly reversed on a lot of these big names. And so it was hard to time that uh, sell-off really. So we'll see what else is in the portfolio coming up because they will be revealing again what they've done in the second quarter, 45 days after the end of the quarter. So still have a little bit to go. We have to wait until the middle of August to find out what else they're doing over there at Berkshire, unless um, you know they tell us, but they usually don't. <laughs> so we're waiting. But for all those people out there who are saying, you know, Buffett's past his prime, he doesn't know what he's doing, some of these names in the Berkshire portfolio seem to indicate otherwise. And while he's a big fan of the financials and the banks, some of the financials, the non-banks, have been great winners for investors like the Visas and the MasterCard that are on this list. So if you're a big fan of Buffett, it pays to look around to see what's in the Berkshire portfolio and you don't have to buy all of his positions, obviously. That's the genius of it. You can pick and choose what you like and what uh, you're into and what's the cheapest, um, although much in that portfolio other than the, the straightforward banks are not very cheap. So you want to be sure to subscribe because I'm going to keep covering everything that's going on over at Berkshire and anything that Buffett is telling us or his advice because as value investors, we really kind of need it right now, right? Um, but there is hope, there's always hope, and there's always value stocks. There are still cheap stocks out there. Berkshire can't buy most of them because they're too big, but you and I are not. We're small enough where we can buy some of these smaller companies and add to our positions and whatnot on some of the cheap small cap names. So I'll be covering those in the next couple of weeks. So you want to be sure to subscribe. We are on Spotify and we are on Apple Podcasts, the two hottest podcast platforms. And you can also get us on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge. Some interesting podcasts over there on Zach's Market Edge as well. So you'll get two for one if you sign up there. But that's on SoundCloud under Zach's Market Edge. But be sure to get us somewhere. And I'll be back again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified 
identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.